Welcome to Humans of Van Life, a podcast based around the people inside the vans, not just the vans themselves. My name is Nikki and I'll be your host. I am based on Vancouver Island, British Columbia, and I'm starting this podcast because I want to share with others the amazing people I meet along my journey of living an alternative lifestyle and all the beauty they have to offer. I also hope that this podcast gives you inspiration, answers some of your questions, leaves you feeling puzzled, and leaves you wanting more. Feel free to connect with me on Instagram, and I look forward for you following along. Welcome back to Humans of Van Life. You're here again with Kayla and Nikki, and we will be speaking about our experience living the van life and running into authorities such as bylaw officers and police officers as promised. I first want to set the stage by sharing a quote that was published in uh, the local news here in Victoria of a woman who struggled to find housing. She says, most affordable rooms require making a sacrifice in some area, usually privacy, where you end up living with four or five other people you don't know. Next is distance. There's nothing unusual about living 90 minutes away from campus. Safety is the biggest concern though. I've seen dark, tiny basement suites, bathrooms with mold, $900 rooms that will barely fit a queen-size bed, and a striking number of places so absent of kitchen space that they don't even have a hot plate, she says. So we want to tell you about our experience so far with the authorities. Do you want to take it away, Kayla? Sure. Um, Going back to last summer when we first entered into van life... It was probably, I would say, two or three weeks into living this new life where we had our first encounter with the bylaw officers and a police officer. And I have to say, it was a situation which kind of left me not feeling so good about the situation. Not so much of, like, I guess it's just more so what it was said. Uh, that really kind of left me feeling not okay with with that. It just wasn't, you know, like it wasn't very, um, it just wasn't very great to hear, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, when you're, you're feeling very vulnerable, it was like kind of your last resort. Mm-hmm. So, so what was the experience? The experience was obviously waking up mm-hmm. to chaos of panic, like just get up, get up, get up. You know, you shouldn't be sleeping in your vehicle. It's illegal. It's illegal. And you know, and, and <laughs> I roll out of bed, mm-hmm. you know, I'm already outside. Uh, you're already outside. Yeah. And I'm going, what's going on here? Like, is there an earthquake? Is there a natural disaster that's about to happen? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, only to find, uh, a bylaw officer who was very pleasant um, and uh, a police officer who, by all means, is enforcing the law, and I respect that, um, but wasn't as pleasant as I was hoping he could have been. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, in nothing against him, maybe he's having a bad day, like, who knows? It, it, you know, but it just didn't leave me feeling well. Mm-hmm. The taste that was left in my mouth was not, it was mm-hmm. bitter. It was just like, wow, like, what's this about? And it wasn't, it was what he said. And what guess, did he say? And, <laughs> 
It was lots of exchange of information. More so uh, myself and you were just being curious and just asking, like, you know, what's the problem here? Um, is there something wrong? We actually didn't know there was a bylaw that stated that you could not <laughs> sleep in your vehicle. Yeah. Um, we were told it was a motor vehicle act bylaw, or you know, motor vehicle act law. I looked that up. There's nothing stating that. Um, so it's actually this, the, the city of Victoria that has a bylaw stating that you are, it's illegal to sleep in your vehicle overnight for any, for any reason. And I guess for myself and not maybe looking into things like that, I kind of felt lost mm. and very vulnerable. I, w mm. I actually was very anxiety in that moment and panicking like what am I going to do totally right yeah because I just I just want to say something I remember us standing there and we had we were speaking to this police officer and there was a couple other of our van life community members around and mm -hmm. I had said what are we supposed to do like do you have any other options like where are we supposed to go we're both nursing students this is actually before class so it was yeah. before 8 30 yeah and we were like we need to get to class like what where what do you want us to do and he I do remember him saying it's not my problem yeah, figure it out figure it out or google it yeah was uh, quote like actually quoting the what he said google it i and like you know i have no idea what this man was dealing with that day and you know i send my most utter compassion mm -hmm. towards him uh you know I, I do not think they have an easy job it's just that i felt the way we were approaching it was respectable and mm -hmm. like um we were being um curious in in a way that I feel was not uh, deserving of that reaction mm -hmm. and that's just my personal feelings on the situation you know if I could have him sit in on this podcast it'd be really interesting to see where he's coming from um, but I what I really feel is just like that whole idea of society or just individuals Canada is a is a we, we all work in industries that are service industries so to say it's not my problem I, I, f I found it quite hilarious, to be honest with you, because I couldn't imagine myself as a nurse saying to somebody that came into the emergency, this isn't my problem that you're having a heart attack right now. Google it's, it. Yeah, <laughs> Google it. It's probably because you ate, you know, a bag of potato chips last night. No, no, we don't make those assumptions, nor should that ever be a factor in how we approach and deal with individuals that are coming through those doors. Mm -hmm. So I just really felt... Um, saddened with our society to, to say, no, it's not my problem. It's going, well, yes, this is a societal problem. Mm -hmm. This Vic is everybody's problem. This is everybody's problem. problem. Victoria is in a housing crisis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is extremely saddening as a student who's just trying to make it through her last year of school to feel like you're about to be homeless. Mm -hmm. You're about to live on the street. And, you know, like I just, I really at that moment felt like uh, I... I I didn't know what to say. I was mm -hmm. at a loss of words mm -hmm. and I was fired up to make change in that moment. I just like, these bylaws have to change. Mm -hmm. Something has to change. Um, it's just not fair that individuals that are actually trying. And I feel like we are individuals that are very motivated, are very much um, activists and, and pushing through and making change in situations that just don't 
sit right. Mm -hmm. And this just didn't sit right with me. And, you know, I, and this is why I really want to talk about it. I'm so happy that we're here talking about this right now, because I feel like these are things people need to hear. This isn't just a a Canada problem. This is a worldwide problem. That's right. We have so many people without homes Mm -hmm. and we won't even take a second look at the people as we walk by them on the street. What is that telling us? What is that saying about our society? How can we just keep ignoring that? There's something going on. There's a problem here. We can't keep ignoring it. Totally. So well said. It is my yeah. problem. And yeah. that's, that's what I have to say that it is my problem. It's everyone's problem. So yeah. this is my plea. This is my, my asking um, to those out there. Like, can we start making this our problem? Mm, beautiful. Yeah. And um, so later that day, a bylaw officer came by again, and uh, we spoke with him, and he was lovely. He was so Very supportive. Lovely. Yeah. But he basically handed us a brochure <laughs> of all the shelters in Victoria. So this was kind of a funny experience because um, the roles that Kayla and I play as a nurse is we work with people without homes and people who use substances. And all of our clientele access those shelters. So I kind of just looked at this bio officer and thought, isn't this interesting? Mm-hmm. I work with these, this population from a professional standpoint, yet I'm being offered the, to go stay with them on a bed beside them on a shelter or on, on, mm-hmm. even lucky enough to get a bed. Mm-hmm. And so I said, is there any other options here? Like what, what are we going to do here? And he said, well, the rules are you can build a shelter outside on the grass from 7 p.m. till 7 a.m. I said, a shelter. And he said, yes. I said, well, my vehicle is a shelter. No, you cannot sleep in a vehicle. To sleep in a vehicle, it is legal. But you can build a shelter out of cardboard, wood, metal, kitchen scraps, whatever you want. But you need to take it down. So I said, okay, so I'm going to park my vehicle here and right next door to my vehicle when I could just sleep and it'd be safe I'm going to build a shelter shelter yeah. at 7pm then at 7am before school I'm going to pack up my shelter put it on my back and head up to UVic exactly that seems reasonable right exactly <laughs> and so you know we had a good chuckle of the bylaw officer because he really felt for us and he was like I know I know I'm so sorry but this is these are the rules I have to enforce yeah. this and, you know, I have to say, like, looking at, like, that, like you said, like, that was the park and shelter bylaws, like, how you could build a shelter at that time. And one thing I will give them credit for is that they have not been ticketing us. And, mm-hmm. I, and I do want to highlight that. Like, it could have been a lot worse. And those tickets go from anywhere from $150 to, you know, maybe more, mm-hmm. depending. You could say, like, every night they could have been putting a ticket like that on our vehicle. Yeah. Um, so I will give them that. And the mayor had put forward to, to ask for them to not ticket us because they understand the housing crisis. But where I get kind of in a struggle is when we kind of find ourselves in that... Um, when we find ourselves in that place of like where Nikki is saying like this bylaw officer is almost laughing at the fact that he's even having to tell us to build a shelter outside of our home and he even feels that this bylaw is ridiculous and he's the one enforcing it it's that's where I kind of go well how come you haven't put forward or said something to Mm -hmm. your boss or Mm -hmm. whoever it is to say this needs to change like we're seeing an increase of people that are becoming homeless or living 
on in a vehicle or you know not people aren't necessarily living uh the the glamper life that i guess you could say that we kind of have and i, I and some people are actually living in their uh car a honda civic a honda civic yeah. and they're rolling down the the seats and you know that's not comfortable no. and their whole lives in their car um you know it's not everybody has an rv or a, a van it's there is an actual problem here mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh this is where they come to, to sleep, you know, down on Dallas or in a park mm-hmm. for the evening and in hopes that they're not going to be disturbed and try and get somewhat of a, of a decent sleep. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's been cold. It's not warm out here. No. You know, it's, <laughs> not everybody has heat. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been it was a, it's just a very interesting thing to hear all these people in these different roles. And they're enforcing this law, this law that I feel like we need to reevaluate. Mm-hmm. We need to question these things that just don't seem right rather than just going, yeah, it's just the way it is. Amen. You totally. Know, like, like the, it's a fallacy. It is a fallacy. Yeah. Like you, you just, you know, um, it's just like that whole, I was doing this harm reduction module and the whole idea of disruption mm. and disrupting those things. Like it just like looking at this going, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why are we like, why are we just standing by and letting it happen? Exactly. You know, it's not like everybody and that owns a house in Victoria is going to live in a van now. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, like, what are we scared of? Mm-hmm. We're scared of being different. We're scared of uh, being inclusive and accepting mm-hmm. of the fact that there's students, there's people of all different walks of life that can't afford to live here, mm-hmm. but are here to make um, uh, ends meet, are here to try and get ahead in life. Mm-hmm. I come from a rural town. You know, I could not get the education I have in my town. Mm-hmm. I had to move away. So what are my options? What are my choices? Mm-hmm. Totally. And, you know, everyone looks at me like, well, take out a student loan. I did. Mm-hmm. But what are the sacrifices that we're making in order to, to get by? I don't eat for a week so I can live in a house with a shower and a toilet. Totally. Yeah. It's ridiculous. You know, it's just, it, yeah. it's, it's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, and it's really it's funny because um, a couple other run-ins I had with the bylaw officers, um, they had said to me that they felt frustrated because the reason why they come up to us and tell us to move or leave something on our car is because other folks are calling in and reporting us. And predominantly, the folks that were calling in and doing this were the ones that had houses with a view overlooking the water. A uh, million dollar houses, at least, and in all fairness, or Airbnbs or bed and breakfasts, yes, that are exactly. putting us in a position where there's not enough places to rent. Mm-hmm. But hey, you know, I know everyone's trying to make their ends meet, mm-hmm. but I don't. You don't see me calling them in exactly. And so basically, it was said that we were in their way, we were blocking their view, or they just didn't like the way we looked, ruining the experience of others. Yeah, which yeah. to me is um, interesting. It's very, very interesting. And the bylaw officers often are frustrated that like, I'm so sorry again, like I had said before, that I have to come up and do this, but there's been a complaint. So a question that Kayla and I have been pondering is, how do we get these people that are calling in to complain about us to understand our situation and where we're coming from? And maybe instead of complaining, could they contribute to our conversation? Could they... Um, provide different opportunities for us? Could they provide suggestions? Because I'd rather not be blocking their view. I'd rather have my own view, thank you. 
but we're just trying to survive. We're just trying to get through. Mm-hmm. So we're just kind of wondering, like, what does that look like for people who see us as a nuisance to come and view us as, or through a compassionate lens? Or just to create curiosity mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. ask. You know, I definitely can't say that every person that has walked up here has always been, like, you know, a, a very easy interaction. But you can tell the ones that are trying, the ones that are trying to understand why we've chosen this lifestyle. And some, you know, like they'll look at our vehicles because it's so old and they'll get all nostalgic about it because it's a 70s vehicle and they're like, you're a 70s child or like they remember growing up in the 70s. And so they're like, I remember when I had one of those. And then all of a sudden it does create a conversation. Mm -hmm. And yes, they could have just walked away in judgment or, you know, whatever else it is. But some people are actually really curious to find out why are we in this lifestyle? Totally. But for those that aren't and um, for some reason it bothers. Yeah, this is my, this is my... um, this is my reach out to them just saying like, Hey, um, rather than just passing judgment or just making an assumption or, you know, whatever else it might be, just ask Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. if it's really bothering you. I'm a pretty approachable person. I'm not going to react. I'm just going to go, Hey, like I understand what, how you're feeling, you know, like let's have a conversation about it. Come on in. Let's have some tea. tea. Yeah. I I would never, um, shut somebody out that, you know, even if they had a a different view than me, Mm -hmm. you know, like I think that's, that's, I'm not saying that they have to be on the same beliefs and values as me, but I would just hope that they could be open to the idea of understanding where we're coming from. Yeah. Just, just being curious, really. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Curiosity. It's beautiful. Um, also, it's interesting because the last couple of days, um, it's Kayla and I have been having conversations with some elderly folks and we've both received the exact same feedback. And mm-hmm. the feedback we're getting is, quote unquote, you probably will never get the opportunity to own a house in your lifetime now. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of looking at this as um, societal research because I always inquire. I say, what do you mean? And they say, well, the inflation rates. You know, like when I was when I was younger and they, they go on rambling <laughs> and they tell us that they had an opportunity to buy a home. But now they would never have the opportunity. And that's with a dual income. Yeah. And so it's just kind of disheartening because I'm not saying that owning a home is my end goal, but being able to have the opportunity is important to me. And to have like people saying, I don't see that happening in your lifetime is like, well, shit. Yeah. So, okay. So then I tried to do something alternative. I tried to do something innovative and creative and still I'm getting hassled. Like, I just will never forget, like, thankfully our school is finished now, both of us, but I'll never forget leaving in the morning at 8 a.m. to get to school or or earlier and being stressed that our home is going to get towed away or we're going to come home and there's going to be tickets. Like, this is a Bachelor of Science program, and so I'm already working so hard just to stay afloat and then to think that I might come home and my home's not even going to be there. Yeah. Is just like, I just remember having so much anxiety that I didn't need on top of my anxiety from school. And it's just like, okay, so if I'm not going to be able to own a house, um, I refuse to pay, you know, a thousand dollars for a place that doesn't even have a hot plate, let alone any privacy. What are my options then? What is my option? It really, you know what I mean? Like what, like, and I think that was the... 
hardest part of like even trying to find a place Mm -hmm. what are my options my options were very few and far in between and some people were able to work between um, school and our clinical placement where we're working in the hospital for free I might add that's Mm -hmm. right we are paying to not sorry not even free we are paying to work in a hospital during our clinical placement four thousand dollars is allocated towards our clinical placement where we are working in the hospital as a full-fledged nurse but we don't get paid to do it yeah that's a whole other topic i'd like to talk about that's right but um so i'm spending four thousand dollars towards my practicum well my student loan is only six thousand dollars so what am i supposed to do for the two thousand dollars and working in between with food taking care of myself whether that be exercise so say I want to go to a yoga class Mm -hmm. I want to go swimming I want to go do something for myself Mm -hmm. have I talked about food I don't even know if I mentioned food yeah food yeah do we know how much food is did we realize that food and taxes on food just went up this year a head of cauliflower is now again six dollars so even if I want to eat healthy how do I do that I'm going to school for a Bachelor of Science in nursing. I'm learning about how to heal the body. Mm-hmm. And yet my body is inflamed. I'm stressed. I can't nourish it the way it's supposed to be nourished. And in all honesty, I'm not getting the sleep that I should. All that stuff. So, you know, I mean, like, what are the sacrifices? Well, that's what they are. Mm-hmm. If you have a home and it's, you know, $2,000 a month, well, you're not nourishing yourself. You're not taking care of yourself because you're trying to hustle to make the rent. Exactly. So it's just, it's unrealistic. It's unreasonable. And I I throw my hands up to those that are doing it and are making it happen. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, I can only do so much and I am hustling. Mm -hmm. I am hustling every day. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll never forget one of my friends actually in the nursing program. She shared with me that due to her cost of rent and our cost of school Mm -hmm. she was eating packs of oatmeal all day Mm -hmm. that's all she could afford was to eat packs of oatmeal not to mention the other students including myself and my mom that we've literally gone dumpster diving at the root cellar Mm -hmm. hands up to the root cellar by the way for uh, (laughs) leaving your dumpsters open so we've got a bunch of students that are dumpster diving just to try and get some food Mm -hmm. or eating packs of oatmeal because they're having to pay so much for rent in school. Mm -hmm. This is not okay. And I'm really sick and tired of it being a, um, just the norm now, you know, it's like, Oh, well, how's your student loan debt? You know, how's, how, how, uh, broke are you right now? Like Mm -hmm. it's some kind of joke. Like there's memes about it. Yeah, There's oh, yeah. memes about nursing students. Like, oh, yeah. I, when are you going to be homeless? Uh, you know, a week, you? Yeah. Same. Yeah. That's not okay. And I'm not interested in making that the norm. This, something needs to be done. And I really, I do want to share that Kayla and I don't have all the answers at all. Matter of fact, I don't know if I have any. But what I do have is my lived experience to share. Mm-hmm. And I think that awareness is key for any change to occur. We have to become aware of it first and fully acknowledge that there is an issue here. It's unacceptable and it's only going to get worse, especially when we ignore it or we 
put it off and put it on somebody else's shoulders. Yeah. Because at this rate, I don't see any improvements happening if we're not willing to be open and have a conversation about it. Exactly. Yeah. That's well said. And we've pretty much hit it home, but I just do really want to share about my recent situation. Yeah. And this really... This was a really tough decision for me. But with everything that's been kind of happening, you know, there's a lot of construction going on. We're running out of places that we could park. And another reason we don't stay at a RV site, just to give everybody a heads up, is because our vehicle is actually too old to do so. Um, we were, we're actually not welcome to be staying at an RV site. So a lot of people are like, well, stay at an RV site. We thought about it, trust me. Um, so... We just had a big surge of interviews as new graduate nurses and trying to find a job. And I thankfully got quite a few hits back from my interviews. And one of them was a four that I was really interested in working on. And because we are running out of places to park, myself and Nikki had to make a decision here where we're having to sell Linda. Mm-hmm. And Nick's going to carry on with her VWE, which is her, her Volkswagen Westphalia. And I'm going to Port Hardy because of my finance, finances and my living situation. Um, so basically, I had to turn down a job that I was really looking forward to do and go back home to my hometown and take an opportunity up there where I am rent free and able to get back on my feet and be able to get a little debt free. Mm-hmm. And it just, it really disheartens me that I even have to factor that into the equation after I'm done school. Like, I'm going into a very suitable job that's going to pay well, but it's still, um, until that time comes, because we won't be getting a job till May or June, what am I supposed to do you in the You have no other choice. I have no other choice, right? Like, yeah. I, it's not like I can, you know, get a house right now. Mm-hmm. I don't have any source of income mm-hmm. except my student loan, which... I just told you what it just got spent on. It got mm-hmm. spent on, um, basically got spent on our clinical placement. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of left here going, well, what am I going to do? And have to tell them I'm turning it down for uh, the reasons that I can't afford to live here. And that's just so sad. Mm-hmm. You're wondering why there's a nursing shortage? Exactly. Well, here you go. Exactly. Here you go. Yeah. And we walk downtown every day, and Kayla and I are astonished because Victoria is now turning into downtown Manhattan. And there's all these beautiful big apartment buildings going up, so some arguments I've heard is, well, there's all these new buildings going up, shouldn't you have housing then? Are you kidding? It's all it's all higher end. Exactly. It's all higher end. It's, it's still so out affordable. of our... Yeah, it's, it's out of our reach. Why would I want to spend seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars on a bachelor mm-hmm. suite? If you even could. If I even could. Yeah. Like, why? Exactly. Why would I want to do that? Yeah. I can't have family over. Like, you know, and I'm not saying I had to live right downtown in the city, mm-hmm. but I'm saying, like, even from a perspective of living in someone's basement suite or whatever else it is, like, I should, in theory, be able to buy a house and do all these things. But right now, it's just not, it's just not feasible. It's just not possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, really and I'm, I'm 33. Yeah, like you know, what I mean, like there's nothing feel, feeling defeated at 33 when most people would have a home by now and have a family, and you know, I'm just starting my career and mm-hmm. I'm going well. 
all I have to show is a bachelor of science mm-hmm. degree. <laughs> like, you Which know, is like, so interesting because if you chose not to pursue higher education, you wouldn't be in this situation. No. You would be having money because you'd be having money coming mm-hmm. in. But yet you chose to pursue higher education, which is what society wants us to do. Yeah. And now you're more in a bind than you were to start off with. Yeah. How does that make sense? It doesn't make any sense. It's like, you know, what are we encouraging our children and the future of our children to do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like there's also that argument and about whether or not education should be free and really I don't think it should even be an argument it should just be free exactly um we should have educated people yeah that's what it comes down to uh you know I have a friend that has kids um and they have dual citizenship to Switzerland well guess what they're going to school in Switzerland because it's free exactly yeah it's that's brainless like you don't even think about that mm-hmm. So they're going to go overseas and go to school for post-secondary because it's free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know? Well, I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing yeah. that story about you having to leave, which yeah. is really sad for me. It's very sad and for, for me everybody too. around us. Like, it's really sad to know that you have to leave and take a different job because you can't stay here in Victoria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you guys have any uh, further questions or comments, you're welcome to reach both of us on our Instagram that's uh what is your Instagram actually <laughs> it's my name spelled very funnily yeah um it's q-u-e-i-l-a douglas at um or I think it's just like yeah not I was about to get my email <laughs> yeah that's hilarious it's yeah. at q-u-e-i-l-a douglas yeah and if you have more questions you can always just message me on Instagram and I can put you in touch with Kayla I'm sure I'm not hard to find I'm usually always tagged in your stories so. <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right until next time folks Thank you for tuning in to Humans of Van Life. I hope you enjoyed this episode and come back for more. Stay tuned.